This is Pastor John welcoming you to our broadcast. Sometimes things just don't go as planned. I had originally intended to preach through Psalm 71 this week, but the Lord had different plans. Join us as we pray through Psalm 23 as a congregation. I want to be close to you for what we're about to do. Uh, let, me, let me mention a couple things that are pending that we need to pay attention to. Um, because of your faithfulness in giving, uh, because uh, we have an emphasis on missions here, uh, we were able to make a sizable donation to the EFCA Global Outreach Mission to uh, the earthquake victims in Turkey. So thank you. Praise God. Uh, once again, uh, the efforts that we do here together uh, reach all the way across the world to help people that are in desperate need of help, and the gospel is being spread in Turkey because of faithful churches like ours. Amen? We have a town hall meeting next Wednesday night, and we keep on saying these meetings are important. Uh, They are, and I think this one is particularly important. Uh, Somebody came to me very gently uh, this week and said, you owe this congregation an apology. And I had to pray about that, and I do, and I'm going to make it Wednesday night. So you got to be here. (laughs) Okay, uh, so if you're online, I'm sorry, we're not going to live stream this. Um, we will take notes, but we would encourage you to join us live Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. I do believe it's an important meeting for us. We're going to discuss our path forward. And uh, I hope to give you clear answers to your questions and uh, listen to your heartfelt comments as well. Uh, the elders are excited about where we're headed. So 7 o'clock Wednesday night. If you come in a little bit early, uh, bring me coffee. So, I send a note out um, every week saying, here's what we're going to do on Sunday. And if, for, for those of you that are surprised that we're not going to do Psalm 71, thank you for reading the notes. <laughs> uh, but we're not going to do Psalm 71. The, um, uh, I, I have been, I've been struggling with a couple of things. Uh, it's a good struggle. It's not a bad one. But I have this series I want to do on First John. Uh, and I'm excited about that, but it has not come together for me yet. So we kind of dipped into the Psalms because that's where we started the year when we started, spoke about read and pray. And, you know, for those of you who've been with us for a while, uh, the first sermon we do in January is always an encouragement to read your Bibles. Uh, and we've been doing that since 2008. Um, this year, we, the encouragement was to read your Bibles and pray what you're reading. So, uh, and we did a short example of that. We did it a couple weeks ago when we did Psalm 32. Um, so, we kind of put First John on hold and dipped our toes into the Psalms. And uh, this week I had planned a sermon on Psalm 71. I think this is a pivotal sermon for Warrenton Bible Fellowship. Um, and I want to get it right. And about 6 o'clock last night I turned to Kelly and I said... I, this is not coming together in, um, in a way that I feel comfortable with the clarity of it. And she said, what are you going to do? I, I don't know. <laughs> and so I, I didn't want to come to you with a half-baked sermon. Uh, meanwhile, Psalm 23 has been percolating in the back of my mind. And, uh, you know, when I came and encouraged you to pray through the scriptures, to use the Psalms, that's because what I've been trying to do since last November, I didn't want to ask you to do something that I couldn't do. 
Uh, so I've, I've been kind of percolating on Psalm 23 and using it in my prayers. And I thought, well, here's a perfect example to put feet to what we talked about in January, praying through the Psalms. Uh, so we're going to take a look at Psalm uh, 23, and we're, we're going to pray for it. But this is, is a little bit unusual, and this is why I'm down here, is this is going to be participatory, folks. So I'm going to call upon you, and uh, I'm not going to point to anybody. I'm just going to pray that the Lord will, will bring you forward to show us how you might pray one of the verses in this psalm. Now, I'm going to start out. So Psalm 23 uh, is a, uh, it's the fifth in a series of psalms written by David. And uh, the, there's a theme that runs through all three of them. It kind of culminates with, with 23. And I know we have a tendency to look at psalms like 23 all on their own. Uh, but there's a series here. And it would behoove you to take a look at 18 through 23 sometime later on today. But let me read this, and then we'll, then we'll talk about how we're going to pray through it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will feel no evil. For you are with me, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The word of the Lord, brothers and sisters. Now, if we're going to approach this in, in a godly fashion, and we're going to allow the Spirit to guide us in our prayer. You know, there, there, there's nothing wrong with the way we usually pray. Most of us usually have a list of things that we want to pray through as we take our time in prayer. Hopefully that's on a daily basis. Nothing wrong with that. I think God honors that. But God has given us these psalms. Mark talked a little bit about it during the, the worship set. And have you ever wondered what Jesus sang when he sang hymns? So, you know, to be a bit more contemporary, what was Jesus' playlist? What would he have on his iPod? <laughs> Am I dating myself by saying iPod? <laughs> this is it. The Psalms are, you know, some people call them poems. They're songs. And these are the songs that Jesus, when they talk about walking through Jerusalem singing hymns, these are the songs they would be singing. As they approach Jerusalem, you know, Jesus makes the turn at Caesarea Philippi. For the next six months, he's headed towards Jerusalem. Well, when, when disciples would walk with their rabbi, they would sing hymns. These are the hymns. And they're inspired by God. Every word of these is inspired by God. This is God saying, if you're going to worship me, here's how to do it. God gives us the guidelines and even the words that we are to sing when we worship him. There's nothing wrong with contemporary hymns. Nothing wrong with Martin Luther writing my, God is my fortress, what is it, my fortress? The mighty fortress is our God, there you go. <laughs> nothing wrong with those. 
But if we want to do what God has directed us to do and, and, and immerse ourselves in what God has given us to give back to him, then it becomes his word. So I, I, I'm not saying that we're going to cast aside our playlist here, uh, but I want you to think about this because when we read the Psalms, a lot of us go, gee, they're really nice poems. It's God's directions on how to worship him. And he's given us the words so that we can lift them back up to him. And he has promised to inhabit our praises. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? So when we look at this, we, we, we realize that God has given us Psalm 23 for a specific purpose. And that specific purpose is for it to be on our hearts as we ponder and meditate upon him and his word. So... In preparation for this, and I'm just going to show, share with you what I do. Uh, you, I don't have to be the standard here. I'm not the most spiritual person in the room. I can guarantee you that. But here's what I do. I, I, I'll open my Bible. I go through my normal morning reading. I try to do this early before my day gets started. Uh, I, I've tried to discipline myself to start my day with the Word of God and end my day with the Word of God. I'd like to tell you I do that all the time, but I'm not that disciplined. Uh, but when I do, I, I like to have this time, and I'll, I'll open up. This morning, I was in Second uh, Kings 16 and 17, fascinating chapters. And then I'll try and calm my spirit for a few minutes, and I'll go to a psalm. And before I even start reading the psalm, I want to say, Lord, speak to me. I want to quiet my heart and remove all of the distractions that I can possibly remove and say, Lord, would you speak to me through this psalm? Now, I've got a whole list of things I want to be able to pray for every day. Many of you are on that list. Uh, and I want to get through those. But that's my idea of what my prayer should sound like. Okay? So what I want to do is put that whole list aside, not forget them, kind of keep them over here within reach, and start praying through the psalm and see how the Holy Spirit incorporates those things I would like to pray about into my prayer. And, you know, sometimes it's just not there. Sometimes it's about me. Sometimes the Lord is dealing with an issue in my heart and it pops up in the psalm. And then I've got to stop and go, okay. Uh, and, and now I could say, oh, I'm not getting through my list. I better reboot here. Or I could just allow the Lord's word to sink into my heart. So I want to prepare my heart to be led by the Holy Spirit and see what happens and let God have his way with my prayer and hopefully then he'll have his way with my day as well. So I, I look at Psalm 23 and the first verse, I think we'll look at the first two. It said, the Lord is my shepherd. And, you know, I'm a shepherd. Uh, the, the Lord has given me a gift of being a shepherd. And I, I don't take that for granted. Uh, I'm not worthy of that. I haven't earned the gift of standing here and talking to you. It's something that the Lord has bestowed upon me. And I, I want to do everything I can to honor that gift. Now, I don't say this to tell you that I'm your shepherd. I say this to tell you that God has done this with every one of us in this room. We all have a gift that we haven't earned, we're not worthy of, 
we have the gift because the Lord has laid it upon us. And his intention is for us to use it for his glory. Now, I know some of you are thinking right now, well, my gift's not very important. Your gift is vitally important. Uh, We're supposed to be a body made up of people who have individual gifts. And when we're all exercising our gifts, it might be taking out the trash. It might be praying. It might be giving. It might be teaching. It could be anything. But when we're all using our gifts, then the body functions and something incredible happens. And we see that happen here. Because we exercise our gifts together. Because somebody makes us lunch once a month. Because somebody comes in and straightens the pews every now and then. Because there are some people praying. Because there are some people teaching. Because there are some people that are just there as encouragers. Because everybody's exercising their gifts. When there's a need, we step to the plate. And the next thing you know, Pastor Ovidio is taking food into Ukraine. And some earthquake victim in Turkey is receiving food and clothing and a Bible. That's what we do when we work together. And God has given me the privilege and honor of being a shepherd over this fantastic congregation. But at the same time, he's my shepherd. He's my shepherd. So I'm not the main guy. God is the main guy. He's the main shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, what does a shepherd do? He tends over his flock. The Lord is my shepherd. I am your shepherd. The Lord is watching over you as he watches over me. And his job, his job is to protect us. So I want to look at this and go, Lord, you are my shepherd. Protect me. Provide for me. Watch over me, Father. Bind my wounds. Because I know that you're not just a shepherd, but you are the good shepherd. He's the best shepherd that the world has ever seen. And I'm one of his sheep. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for making me one of your sheep. Thank you, Lord, for being my shepherd. Thank you for being the one that will make sure that the food that I eat The nourishment that I receive is good for me. i got to confess to you, Lord, sometimes it doesn't taste so good. But your word as my shepherd tells me that everything that happens to me is for my good and your glory. Thank you, Lord, for being my shepherd. I shall not want. Lord, I have desires. But I don't think that your word here says that you're going to satisfy all my desires. I think your word is trying to tell me that I have everything that I need. That I'm not lacking anything because your scripture tells me I'm not lacking anything. So when I think about the voids in my life, when I think about the things that I think that I need, when I think about the things that I want, they're not what I need. Because you've already given me everything that I need. Help me, Father, to determine the difference between what I need and what I want. And help me to lift up to you those things that I want and help me to do without them in the event that I don't need them and I can't tell because you are far wiser, you're the shepherd, and I'm not. 
I know a sheep will go eat any grass he runs into, even if it's poison. I need a good shepherd to keep me away from that. Amen? He makes me lie down in green pastures. I want you to think about this. Father, I know you're not forcing me to lie down in green pastures. I know that you're not taking me by the scruff of the neck and saying, you will lie down in this pastures. And, and I think what you're trying to tell me is you made me. You made me to lie down in green pastures. Now, green pastures are a rarity to shepherds in Israel. They don't have them. When they do find them, it, it's like, oh my gosh, we, we've been taken to the promised land. Okay, And so the green pastures and the still waters... It leads me beside still waters. These, these are representations of peace. Father, you made me to rest in your peace. You made me to rest in this nourishment that you've surrounded me with. Help me, Father, to recognize it for what it is. Help me to drink from these still waters that are not disturbed, that are good and nourishing to me. Help me to recognize them when I see them and not to just pass by. Lord, I can be so busy. I can be so consumed with things on my schedule that I forget to rest. Remind me. Remind me that you made me to abide in your rest. You made me to drink of the living water that your son provides for me. He even told me that was it. Father, remind me when I get consumed by my schedule when I get pressured by the events that are happening around me, remind me that you're a shepherd that takes me to a meadow that I can rest in. And remind me, Father, that that becomes a, an image of the rest that I will have with you for all of eternity. That there will come a day when the schedule will never bother me again. There will come a day when the issues of the day will never press in upon me and cause me to be anxious. Remind me that there's a gift waiting for me and that you're the shepherd that will lead me there. I'm going to take the next line. Father, as a good shepherd, you restore my soul. There are times when I feel worn out. There are times when I feel weak. There are times when I feel so much pressure that I can't think straight. And, Father, I've got to be honest with you. There are times when I give you second shift. There are times when I put you on the back burner. There are times that I feel dry. There are times when, spiritually, it's just not happening for me. There are times when I open my Bible... And I read, and, and I'm just going through it to pick out words. And Lord, I, I need that rest. I need that good shepherd to work in my heart and restore my soul. So that the excitement of having a relationship with you is my primary motivator. Restore my soul, Father. Bring me closer to you. And I know you haven't moved away from me. I know that you haven't become distant. 
I know that if my soul is parched and dry, it's because of things that I've done. Forgive me, Father, I repent. I repent from not making you the highest priority in my life. Restore my soul, Father, because I've got, I've got all these people on this list I've just put to the side that need the prayer of a righteous man. And I don't claim to be righteous in and of myself. But you make me righteous in Jesus Christ. And I want to be able to pray for them, but my soul needs to be restored first. Help me, Lord. I'm at your mercy. I'm at your grace. I believe God honors prayers like that. And I believe we've all been in a place where we've had to utter them at one point or another. So I've been doing this for several months, and I know it's new for some of you. Uh, But I'm going to ask you, one of you, to come forward and show us how you would pray through verse 3 of Psalm 23. And then, and then ju- just so that I can keep the pressure up on all of you and make you really feel really uncomfortable, we're going to ask people to come and do 4, and then 5, and then 6. So whoever the Lord leads to do 3, come forward. I've got a microphone for you here. Love the psalm. It a lot to me, means a lot to me over the years because I'm thinking about how John said he's my shepherd. And in verse 3, when I get to there, I think of what that restoration is, how he makes me what I should be and not what I am. When I make mistakes, you know, it says in Isaiah that I hear this word behind me saying, This is the way, walking whenever I turn to the right hand or whenever I turn to the left. And his spirit guides me, his word comes to life through things like this when I pray, thinking, Lord, you're the one who gives me rest. You restore me when I fail. You lead me by your word, by your spirit, because you live within me. And it's the way of righteousness, not my way, not John's way, not my wife's way or somebody else's way that I read on the Internet, but, Lord, your way, because it's right and righteous. You want me to be holy because you're holy. And why is that? Because it's for your namesake, for your glory. Yes, it's for my good, but ultimately it's for God's glory. Lord, I thank you that you do restore me, that you do lead me, you guide me, and you make me what I ought to be, what I should be, and what I can be in Christ. Lord, just pray as I think through these things that I might do it all for your namesake for your glory, and not my own. Okay, verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You are with me, you rod your staff, they comfort me. And somebody come forward and pray through that with us. Dear Lord, we are facing death nearly every day now. 
and uh, and we're seeing that life maybe even is a little devalued in our culture, at least from the way it used to be. So those shadows are all around us. We can't help but walk through them. And then in our own family, our parents, uh, loved ones, relatives, neighbors, we see that shadow of death come. And we, uh, we grieve, Lord, when that death hits, especially for those who don't know you. Uh, but even for those who do know you, it can be tough. You tell me not to fear any evil. Uh, again, like death, there's plenty of evil around me. And, uh, and I confess that I, I do fear that evil, Lord. I fear what that evil can do to me, what can do to my wife, my family, my friends, my church. Uh, so I have to give it to you. And I have to follow your instruction not to fear, even when I do want to fear. Because usually I forget that you're with me. You're beside me. You're inside me. And you're inside every single one who confesses you as Lord and Savior. And then goes on to follow that confession with action. And you keep your eye on those actions, don't you, Lord? Your eyes on each one of us. Uh, and when those actions get out of hand, when my actions go the wrong way, I do feel your rod and your staff grabbing a hold of me and guiding me back into the way I should go. It may not be a comfortable way, Lord, but you're rod, your discipline, your care, your concern, your compassion for me, they do comfort me beyond any comfort that I can get in this world. Yeah. Kelly and I were in um, Israel in 2006. And um, the region between Jerusalem and the Dead Sea is filled with these limestone mountains. Um, and uh, as water flows through the mountains, it, it cuts crevices. And some of them can be very deep. And as a result of that, uh, you know, the Dead Sea is the lowest point on the planet Earth. Uh, Jerusalem is about 5,000 feet above the Dead Sea. So it could be raining in Jerusalem, uh, and you could be in one of those crevices uh, halfway to the Dead Sea or two-thirds of the way to the Dead Sea and not know that there's water coming towards you. So one of the largest, they call them wadis, uh, has a monastery down there. It's 1,500 feet deep, very narrow. There's a monastery down there that they built the monastery at the highest point the water had ever reached. Um, and we walked down there, uh, but while we were there, one of the monks said, this is the valley of the shadow of death. And he said, the Hebrews traditionally say, this is the valley of the shadow of death. And why is it the valley of the shadow of death? Because they say, if you can hear the water coming, it's too late to get out. 
And the water comes so fast. And because it's taken so much time to get there and there's been so much rain in the region that the last thing you see is a wave of water cutting off the sunlight. The valley of shadow of death is sure doom. Beautiful prayer. Thank you, Pat. Verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. I have somebody come forward for that. Again, no, to no credit of mine, but my wife's, I get to do this every day, or just about every day. Um, I have two sheep, and so I get to be a shepherd. And I have a, a dog that lives with the, the, with the sheep, and they have a pen, and there's a fence around the pen. And down below the pen, there is a creek, a spring, and the bear like to go and drink from the spring. And the foxes like to go and drink from the spring. And uh, just within view of that is where I feed the dog her snack every day. And um, and the sheep, they're on the, I feed them on the other side. <laughs> but there's still, there, there's, the, there's the whole, um, the, the mountain goes back up there. And so, and then the, and the, and the creatures are not part of my farm. They go, they go by. And the, the sheep, um, they do want the graham crackers in my pocket, I'm sorry. But uh, they get them. But still, it's, it's, uh, they, they're, they're fed safely within the realm that, that, that they're given. And the dog, anoint my head with oil, uh, the dog... It, when I go to feed, that's it's the dog's turn to get it, get her pets a reward. All the work she does when I'm not there. And, uh, you know, I'm in the house. I mean, I'm not not there, but still, you know, there's there's a distance, and God is is always with us. So you know, there, 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 she's not entirely alone, but she's doing the work for the for the shepherd. He gets her reward. And the sheep don't get to share in, in that moment when, when yeah, I may have the food in my left hand, my right hand is petting that dog and rewarding her and giving her what she, uh, what she needs. And uh, so anyway, so God, you know, I pray when I'm going out and I'm outside and I see God has shown me all these things and I give it back to him and say, yes. This is, you do the same for me. What, what you have shown me through these creatures, you have done the same for me. 
Thank you, Mark. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Someone come forward and pray us through that. No stories, just prayer. Father God, you have been so good to us. You have never left us or forsaken us, Lord. Even when we've gone off on our own, on our own little tangents, the things that you warn us not to go to, and we say, ah, it'll be okay. And it's not. You do not leave us or forsake us. Your goodness and your mercy follow us, and you wait upon us. You call us back to yourself. You've been kind to every single person sitting in this sanctuary and hearing over the Internet or wherever, however. We want to honor you. We want to say that you are faithful beyond what we are faithful, Lord. You're kind and you're good. And no matter how old we are in Christ, no matter what date we can point to to say, this is when I came to know you as Lord and Savior, we each have sins and areas where we've disobeyed, areas where we've gone on our own, even in knowing you, Lord. Again, you never leave or forsake us. You are longing for us to return. Because you are faithfully there waiting on us, Lord. And we can say, at the end of it all, in the middle of it, even before it, that you are faithful, you're good, your mercy, your goodness. Follow us all the days of our life, Lord. And we thank you for that. We can testify to it, Lord. That's how we can stand. That's how we can sit. That's how we can commune with you, Lord. Because your faithfulness continues the relationship continues the desire, continues the love, even when we've been so selfish, Lord. Oh, your kindness is so good and so wonderful, Lord. Just infusing our souls when we've made it through that valley of the shadow of death. So we bless you, Lord. We thank you. Ah, yes. And I'll turn it over to someone else who would like to praise him that we can dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Knew there was one. Getting ready to come up and you came up ahead. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to praise you. Lord, your word promises us that um, you cause all things to work together for good for those who love you and are called according to your purpose. So as we look at this verse and we say that surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, 
I'm assured of that because I have a God and a king who turns even what I consider bad into good. And I would even challenge what I would look at as bad because, God, you are a God who uses all things for your glory and for our good. So we thank you, Lord, that your goodness reigns over our lives. Your mercy covers the times when we are so unfaithful. You are good and you do good. And we desire to follow your statutes all the days of our lives. And Lord, even when we struggle on this earth, and we will because we live in a sinful world, but we thank you and we take hold that our God has overcome this world. You promised us there would be struggles and trials, but you also promised us your Holy Spirit and that you have overcome this world. And whenever day, whenever our days are over, Lord, we will dwell in your presence and in your house. And we have that to look forward to, to strengthen us every day. Knowing that your end, our end is with you. You never end. Our end is with you, to dwell with you forever and ever and ever. And to you, all glory and honor and praise. That's the spirit too. This, this is what happens when we come together. And you know, you look in the pews here, you see some empty spots, yes. But right now, there are people in at least 22 countries listening to your prayers. This is the gift God has given us. I can't explain it. It's not the way I would have designed it. But something happens when we come together. It's not just us. It's the body of Christ. There, there are good congregations all over this town coming together right now. But in the quietness of this moment, feel the presence of the Lord. The Spirit is moving, brothers and sisters. I don't know if you've been watching. There's revival at Asbury. But there's also revival at Cedarville. Lee Universities, all happening at the same time. It breaks my heart to see people writing about, well, I don't think it's authentic. They're not singing the right songs. They're not saying the right things. God is moving. He just moved here with us. I want to be able to drink all of it in. I want to be able to stand in his blessing with you and watch what he does with us as we move forward. We're in an important time. We've been in important times before. And God has always done amazing things. I want you to hold on to these moments that we've had together and listen to six different people give you six different prayers and realize that you can do it too. It doesn't have to be eloquent. It just has to be your heart. Walking through a passage of Scripture saying, this is what it means to me. Restore my soul, Father. Restore the soul of my kids. They need restoration.
restore the health of my friends who are sick. Hold on to me, Father, and hold on to those that are very close to standing before you face to face. This is easier than it looks. And I just, I just count this moment as precious. My heart overflows with the commitment and the faithfulness that you folks have to Warrington Bible Fellowship, and I'm thankful for that. Let's close in prayer. Father, we give you thanks that you are here. We don't have to invite you, Father. We don't have to plead for you to come. That You reside inside us, Father. And we thank you for this demonstration of your presence in us and among us. And we pray, Father, as we carry that with us out of these doors, Father, that we be aware of the fact that you are with us every single moment of the day. And that you call us to worship you. You call us, Father, to turn to you. You call us to depend upon you, Father. We thank you for the building you've given us. But Lord, we know that that's not the church. The church is each one of the people that would gather here in unity in front of you. And we give you thanks for that. To you be all the glory and all the honor. And we pray this in the name of our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God willing, we'll be in Psalm 71 next week. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Pastor John back here again. If you are blessed by the service, let me ask you to do us a favor. Would you click on the like button below that little thumbs up? If you're listening on sermon audio, perhaps you can comment or even share the sermon with someone else. We'd love to hear from you. We're on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter at WBFVA. We're on the World Wide Web at WBFVA.org. Let us know if you'd like us to pray for you. If you'd like to support us financially, you can make donations through our website at wbfva.org. Just click on giving. You'll receive a tax-deductible receipt at the end of the year. Either way, we would love to hear from you or even have you visit us in person one Sunday. We meet at 46 Winchester Street in downtown Warrington, Virginia at 11 o'clock every Sunday morning. And now, may God bless you richly until we gather again.